Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, And on our Oakwood Hard Jewelers talking text line from New Orleans.Football, Nick Underhill. Nick does a great job with New Orleans.Football. Nick, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, Nick, I always keep uh, kind of my notes from years past. And this is the first – I went back and looked at it last night. This is the first time in quite some time. Um, it's been a few years. Question marks along the defensive line come into play here. I, I know all I need to know about Cam Jordan uh, as a player. And I think I know a lot about Carl Grandison. Everything else is 52 pickup. You got two new <laughs> defensive tackles, so to speak, now that you brought in. Brian Brise, they haven't had a defensive tackle like him on this team in the Sean Payton time frame. This big, tall-cut kid, he's athletic, he can run the field well, but you're going to have to move him a little bit because you know he's not going to be your regular 4-3 defensive tackle. I don't know anything about how long uh, Payton Turner can stay on the field. I know when he's healthy, he's really good, but I don't know if he can stay healthy. Isaiah Foskey, I think he may be along with maybe Zach Bond filling that role that Caden Ellis played up front as a pass rusher. But, Nick, thinking back over the last few years, there are more question marks along the defensive line than I can remember in quite some time. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong there at all. I mean, I think there's good potential. And if you're looking at it, like, optimistically, you can talk yourself into, like, oh, the ingredients are there. But a couple things go wrong, and it could be it could be tough to manufacture uh, – you know, pass rush, at least with guys winning one-on-one. I think the one thing that DA's shown us throughout his tenure here is that he's going to find a way to get to get guys after the quarterback one way or another. But there's easier ways to live than how they lived last year. And everything was basically schemed or, you know, it was on stunts and just, just design pressures. And there weren't a lot of guys winning one-on-ones, and they need that. I mean, that's just something that has to happen for you to be a, a good defense. And if you're d- doing that and you're getting pressures that way, your odds of getting these turnovers that abated them all last year are, are much better too. So I, I think that's my one big area of concern. And then my other one is just I'm still a little bit worried about wide receiver. It just if Mike Thomas isn't healthy or isn't himself, it, it gets thing kind of quick. And you're counting on some unknown guys there too. So I think that those are the two spots that I'm still concerned about. Obviously, you you can't answer anything about pass rush during this time of year. We aren't seeing anything real, so it's impossible to know what K 
Kalen Saunders is actually going to do this year because they aren't they aren't doing anything real in these OTAs. So it, it, it's a major it's a major uh, uh, watch area for me too. Now, uh, Nick, uh, you look at OTAs, and obviously they're going to have the mandatory uh, mini camp. Then training camp comes about, uh, and then you know Coach Allen talks about DA always talks about uh, well the guys that are here. Uh, that's who we're going to coach up. Um, I don't know, maybe he might come on other days, like Taysom Hill, not being involved. You know, we just signed with uh, Jesse James, not the outlaw, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, to play the tight end position. But but uh, tell me uh, if you agree with this and all. I think Taysom Hill, considering that his touches aren't going down, he'll have 100-plus, however they utilize him. So, you know, uh, I told Mike, I'm going to ask him, uh, Coach Allen a question on Tuesday. When we get the the media, we get to go watch the last OTA before mandatory minicamp. Is that what meeting room is Taysom Hill going to be in? I think because he's so familiar uh, with the offense and he's played quarterback and tight end, they might he's in the running back room. Does that make sense that uh, Taysom Hill, even though we still utilize him maybe the same way, uh, but not necessarily in the tight end room, but more in those meetings with the running backs? Yeah, I mean, if they're going to use them the way they used them last year, I think that makes a, a whole lot more sense. Actually, I, I like I don't I don't see the need for him to be in that role if, if these guys hit and they stick around. So it does feel like that's probably where he's going to be best utilized. It felt like if I if I had to pick a position for him, you're telling me to label him based on what he did last year. Like running back fits more to me than tight end, and yeah, I, I think it's, it's a fascinating thing. I think it probably should shift a little bit more. That way, and I think if you look at him that way, it's probably more freeing, and you're probably going to get the best use of him. I mean, if he's going to average five yards per carry, and he's and he's kind of like moonlight, and then he's spending his time studying somewhere else, I like can he be even better and more consistent if he's actually spending his time looking at the field as, as a running back? Uh, that that's a fascinating thought. I hadn't considered it, and um, right, yeah, I'm with you. I, I I think that's that's where I would put him. I, I think you get the most out of him in that role. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's still getting, you know, the quarterback plays, they want him to run. He knows the different routes, and it's not like a pure running back. You put him in motion or you shift him, uh, and we know he's tough enough to, uh, to block. So I, I, just, I just think it makes sense when you look at the running back room and what potentially come, out, uh, come about with the suspension with Alvin Kamara, that hell yeah, I want Taysom Hill here. Uh, yeah. like we, we paying him, I don't know, Nick, what's his contract? He's getting $11 million plus or somewhere around there. Uh, no, we need to utilize him maybe even more than last year, even though I think that was a good wheelhouse. But definitely over 100 touches when the uh, you know season unfolds. But, Nick, the question I have for you, and, um, boy, I, I love it um, when they had training camp in West Virginia, you know, sitting by you and uh, just evaluating uh, the team throughout. Now, we didn't go back to West Virginia because you can't be a 500 team. <laughs> you know, this is not helping us, but we got to win. But um, it looks like this year, and I think we might see more of that in the future, because, you know, you always look at one team. Okay, they're playing the Chargers in the preseason. So my understanding, I could see them practicing against the Chargers a couple of days before you play the game. But also uh, maybe in home to throw the fans a bone against the Texans. So instead of just going against one team, because you're tired of you know, beating up on one another, just a change of competition – so could you see maybe more teams and even the Saints utilizing that where it's only three games, but two out of the three teams, uh, we're going to end up practicing against them also, not only uh, the preseason game. 
Yeah, look, I think they should do it, all three of them, and that's where you kind of get your, your real work for your real players and, and the guys that are going to be playing. You can dial up the situations you want to test them in and make sure you get all the work that you want to get, and then let the guys that are competing for roster spots and need to prove something kind of just play in those games and, and use it that way. I mean, I, I, I do think it's it's important to get at least two of them set up, though, now that you lost that, that last preseason game. I think that kind of makes up for it so that you get all the work that you need and, and – you can get that evaluation of the guys a little bit deeper down the roster. The Houston one fascinates me a little bit because they do play them in the regular season. Uh, I think Peyton did that one year too, and they ended up playing the team during the year. But right. it's a little bit it's a little bit uh, weird, I, I guess, just because you are going to be going up against them and you're allowing another team to get very familiar with your your personnel just from these practices. So I don't know if they're giving up like a competitive advantage. I guess you're gaining them on there, and I guess it is just the Texans, and you should be able to handle your business against them regardless. But um, that one did surprise me a little bit. Nick, one of the things uh, we've talked about this verbatim on this show over the last couple of years, the offensive line. And um, I think it's a combination of injuries and disappointment with players. You've spent so much draft capital, and you got money tied up in players all across the board. Four of your five starters are former first-round picks. Your starting center, you gave up a first-round pick to get him and picked him in round two. Um, depth has to be a concern there because I did this study a couple years back, but it still holds true. The two most injured positions out on the football field, college and NFL, it's not even close, is tackle and guard. And we've seen the downgrade every time this team has, if Andrews Pete goes down or if it's McCoy that goes down. And then, uh, you know, we went through the situation with Armstead and he was a great player, but he always missed time. And now you've got the situation with Trevor Penning, and, and maybe it's, it's bad luck, okay, with the foot injuries. But that, to me, is always a concern because your sixth and seventh man, you might say, oh, them guys just backups. You know what? Them backups are going to have to start for you somewhere during the season. Well, and Nick, what Mike was saying, I know we only witnessed two OTAs, and we can see another one on Tuesday. I have never witnessed now, I'm talking about since 2005. I've never witnessed, okay, who's on the offensive line? Uh, maybe one guy that's going to start McCoy? Man, the, the, think about the continuity you need on the offensive line. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Either Mike through and Nick. In, because of injuries? Yeah, yeah, or, or who's here. Or and, who's and, here and, and who's not. No, it, it's like, uh, and I think that's going to be a big part if we're going to have success upcoming season, the stability on the O-line. Well, I mean, Look at the guys that were out there in the last practice. You're going left to right, Landon Young, Lewis Kidd, Eric McCoy, Throckmorton, and Storm Norton. I mean, that's just – it's insane that, that we're, we're having to watch these guys practice with, with as Mike said, all everything they've invested in the offensive line. And, I mean, that should be the most solid spot on the team on a year-to-year year year over basis. And, look, I'm not sold on Cesar Ruiz yet. He, he might be good this season. I, I think that he probably got overhyped a little bit last year because we were just all happy to see him reach, like, a, a competent level from, from where he was, and he looked salvageable, right. you know, last year. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily sold that that continues. Like, I, I need to see it, and I need to see how he comes back from this foot injury to be totally confident in him. And it, it's tough to be confident in Trevor Penning right now, too. Like, this just might be bad Yeah, we don't know. Uh, well, yeah. We, we don't know. I mean, the only one I could say is that uh, skin's on the wall – I would say uh, Ryan Ramchek for sure. 
And then after that, I lean more upon McCoy. Uh, but other than that, like Andrew Speed, he's been in a roller coaster. And, you know, I've, I've been kind of spoiled. We all remember that game he had against the Bills where their fans left in the early third quarter. Now, what year was that? Okay, well, but, Bob, you you peeling the years no, back. But, but no, that's what I'm saying. But, but Andrews, Pete, you saw how dominant he was that game. And you've like, never seen that so, guy again. So why don't he do that yeah. all the time? Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and look, the guy they just drafted, too, is already hurt. Uh, Nick Solidari yeah. has a calf. No, I like him, I mean, Nick. Just... I like him, Nick. I think he's But, yeah, but, oh, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. What, 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 what is calf? calf or yeah. I don't know. Yeah, calf. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but no, I like him too, man. He and just the way he talks, he seems really smart. He seems to understand everything. He seems like the perfect kind of guy to be that that swing inside player. Just the way he approaches the game, and, and you know, he says he kind of studies everything from a from a center standpoint. So he just knows how everything works, so he can play. And I mean, they drafted, and he's hurt. I mean, it's just unbelievable bad luck at that position. Nick, one of the things too is that running back because uh, we're going to get a new look now. Um, and, and who knows with Kamara what's going to happen in this situation. But you were able to get um, – he's not built like a Thunderback, but he runs like a Thunderback, okay? Um, because I, when I look at him and what he did with both the Packers and the Lions, his ability to kind of get away from people uh, in a crowd and sort of make his own hole, I guess is the, the old school term for it. And then you bring in uh, Kendra Miller. Uh, who I think once you can get healthy, and again, we're bringing up the health issue for another player, once you can get him healthy, he gives you that toughness in between the tackles type runner. Do you think that was something D.A. looked at this team and said, you know what, yeah, we're, we're way too finesse with all this. We got to go out and get us a couple of tough guys that can run between the tackles and sort of make yardage on their own. Um, and, and I get it if I watch that offensive line play, but that's a dramatic change at the running back position from a year ago. Well, and uh, Nick, uh, comment like Jamal Williams, what Mike's talking about, you know, sometimes when you look at the roster and they kind of fudge uh, the numbers, like their weight or their height. <laughs> no, he, he definitely kind looks the <laughs> No, no, but uh, Mike, uh, Mike and uh, Nick, uh, Jamal Williams, no, he looks like six foot, like a 225 pound back and, and Miller uh, too and, and yeah and, and Nick uh, uh, how would you think I think when I look at uh, Jamal Williams a uh, touchdown maker fantasy people they love him but I think we relied too much upon Taysom Hill whether it was in the red zone as far as the QB power or even like short yardage you know you're trying to move the chains okay it's 31 they know we're running we're so what we're still gonna make it and then Arvis on the goal line I think it just gives us more flexibility with a Jamal Williams along with uh, Taysom Hill continuing to do that. Wouldn't you agree with that or what? Oh, yeah, definitely. Look, I think the biggest flaw of their team last year is that, that they kind of went into the season and it looked like they wanted to be a team that that could be kind of a little bit of a power running team, play off the play action and, and you know, take deep shots with Jameis. And I just don't think they ever had the, the personnel to go along with their plan. Like, I just it just it just never added up and it, and it didn't work how they wanted it to work. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the answer to what Mike was saying, like, I, I think it was definitely a, a philosophy. I asked DA at some point this offseason if, like, that was – if his idea on offense was just to get stronger, tougher, be, like, a more bullying unit, because I think a lot of the moves they make fit that profile. He kind of, like, shot that down a little bit. But I, I don't know how you can look at it and think anything else. Like, I think they definitely want to be a, a team that can just grind it out on the ground and – 
they need to. Like that, I think that's just kind of the way the, the game's going too right now. Like it's shifting back a little bit more to, to favor some of the power running stuff because defense has got so much smaller over the last 10 years with everything getting spread out. Your linebackers are smaller. Bobby, I remember when they drafted Pete Werner the first practice, me and you were walking out there, <laughs> and you're like, is that guy a safety? Like, that's just kind of what linebackers look like. Right, now. and right. he still says it, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Like, <laughs> like, no, he looks like a big safety and a smallish linebacker, but, you know, a tackling machine, goes sideline to sideline. Nick, he was on pace, and even DeMario Davis brought this up. We were talking to yeah. him. No, he was on pace until he got hurt. He was going to have 130, 150 tackles. Yeah, I mean, he, and you know, we uh, Caden Ellis took advantage of his opportunity. Look what he parlayed that into. But uh, Demario Davis, he seemed like he's a big Pete Warner fan because not only from a physical standpoint, getting it done, but also how he trusts him mentally. He said, "Okay, this is Pete Warner's third year. You would think it'd be like his seventh year in the NFL, and how cerebral he is as far as in the position and how Demario Davis trusts him. And then uh, when you're trying to, uh, you know, set the tone or." Or, 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 you know, when you're trying to communicate with the front or your fellow linebacker. Demario Davis, I, what I got out of that is like, you know, he has the utmost confidence in Pete Warner alongside him. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. One of the things that stands out to me about Pete is is just the approach to the game. And last year when he was injured, I saw him in the locker room and he was just sitting there on an iPad. And like He was just in there like 35 minutes, like the whole time we were in there, just going over the motions of the upcoming opponent and like pulling out clips and like, cataloging them so that he could go back in the linebacker room and help out Caden Ellis and some of the other guys to know like where to keep their eyes and not get pulled by it. And to be that guy doing that second year in the league, like just to have that approach. Right. I think you see why the, the success is there. And when you watch him, like his anticipation, like really is kind of like, the, you know, he has the athleticism and everything, but like he, he knows what's going to happen. Like he has a strong mental grasp on everything. If he can just stay healthy, like I, I think he's a pro bowl caliber, caliber player at, at some point, but it's just, again, every year, all these guys are hurt. Like, it's just, as we keep talking, it's just, it's a little bit of a, yeah. of a trend with their draft picks recently. But, I mean, I think that that's kind of what happens when you, they, they like freaks. They like freak athletes, and freak athletes kind of push the limits a little bit, and some of this stuff happens. Well, but, well um, and you know, uh, Nick, uh, we kind of joke at, uh, like, looking at the roster. They have them 6'3", 242. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, I don't want to get on that scale. Maybe you're fudging. And then the one that really caught my attention, I don't think he's as big as Drew Brees. They got uh, Jake Hayner at 6'1". No way. No, no. no way. No. I don't even think he's 6'1 with his cleats on. I mean, uh, so, so when I saw that, I'm like, uh, that, that, that's not right. That, 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 I want to know what they have the kicker listed at, the new one, Groupie. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, one of the things we got kind of spoiled was at the safety position. We had Malcolm Jenkins, uh, and, and Marcus Williams was a really good player, and then Chauncey going to Johnson. And even before that, the Cha- and then even Von Bell. Uh, th- th- that's what I want to see, that, like Mike say That combination yes. of Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, it started to kind of get together late in the year. But, okay, now what happens if something happens injury-wise to one of those guys? But we didn't see quite uh, the, the one-on-one type. I, I know what you're going to do because communications is so huge in the NFL. I think some people don't get it. Uh, well, we didn't do that in high school. Well, no. You're talking about high school in the NFL. It's totally different. That that part of their team – to well, me, can yeah. make a big jump now because May and Matthew got a year under their belt. Well, and, and yeah. along those lines, Nick, when you're going to comment, uh, I, listen, uh, some people might hate me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell it like I see it. 
uh, Marcus Williams and Mac- Malcolm Jenkins, how they played together head and shoulders uh, above Marcus May and uh, Tyron Matthew. And listen, I love the Honey Badger. What? He's one of the greatest LSU players ever. And what he did throughout his career, now they, they came together in the back end. But you know, it's like, oh, they can't hold their jock. Let me tell you, you don't appreciate somebody until they're not there. But Marcus Williams, what Malcolm Jenkins did, um, and C.D. Deuce, uh, yeah, what yeah, he brought to the table. Exactly. So On uh, the field. Yeah, but where are we going to be for 2023 in that regard, considering the contribution of those players? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with you there. I, I think Williams and, and Jenkins were definitely, like, it, it, it was better. Like, they, they just had more production. I think the missed time, though, is probably something that, that was an issue last year. I think those guys played, like, six games together. And right. Yeah. I think it does matter with the chemistry and everything. And I was talking to Tyron recently. Like, he was just breaking it down. Like, hey, look, like, we were playing coverages I've never played before. Like, it just took me a while to get comfortable with them. So, I think this year's probably a, a better gauge. But the bar is extremely high. Like, the like Marcus Williams was a really, really good player. I know Saints fans didn't necessarily like him or appreciate him, but – he was a, a difference maker, and I think losing him was a huge deal. Malcolm, just as smart as can be, just unbelievably, right. you know, with the anticipation and everything, the leadership, the communication, I think they missed that a little bit last year. So I think they do just need to, to you know, they got to get together. They got to start playing. They got to be healthy. They got to be on the field. It's just um, – yeah, it, it, it's a lot. It's a lot that they got to well, try to put together to match that level. Well, Nick, and I'm looking at it. Uh, you don't want to never be a liability on a team. Where uh, like you look at the roster, for instance, like the Miami Dolphins, and you look they're bringing like Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator. So who you perceive as the liability for the Dolphins? I don't know. Two is he going to get knocked out again? So you never want to be the weak link on any team and how they're going to perceive you. I'm telling you right now. I think in the history of the Saints organization. I don't know if we've ever had top to bottom had better cornerbacks. Never, when you, when you look at Marshawn Lattimore, you look at Lante Taylor, Paulson Adebo, and then Bradley Roby. Come on, the safety's got to hold their weight. Their weight. I mean, to me, we got the right corners, but they all got to work hand in hand. It's a uh, it's a lot of pressure, and that's what the NFL is. Marcus May and, and Tyron Matthew got to step up at that safety position. Well, there's no excuse if they don't either. I mean, the coaching talent they have in, in the secondary, like DA is a secondary coach by by trade. Joe Woods is secondary by nature. Uh, Marcus Robertson is is you know he's 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 worked with tons of great. Like he helped Charles Woodson trans, transition from uh, his position to be like that multifaceted DB. So he's right. got skins on the ball. They got Sterling Moore over there too. Like there are a lot of guys that are really good secondary coaches, and they got to be. They got to be at that level, and look, they got to get more turnovers. There, there needs to be hands on the ball, like yes. Tyron did it a little bit last year. But I think when they got May, and again, he, he had the Achilles coming into the season last year too, so maybe it was just kind of like a, a slow build up. But I don't think that he was the playmaker they thought they were they were getting. And I think the idea of moving on from Williams and Malcolm Jenkins was, and I heard this from people inside the building, is they they wanted to get more dynamic at safety. And I don't think they did last year. So I mean, hell no, no. we did. We didn't do it. Like we, we took a step back. <laughs> back. Yeah, oh, two yeah, steps. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, no, we yep. didn't. We did not get better. Nick, thanks so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate. It. But I got to tell you something. I, I like smart people that find a niche in life, and you've done that. You found a niche that, for yourself. And, man, listen, a lot of people struggle with it. Oh man, I just don't get a break. You made your break. And, man, well, I got to well, give you full credit for well, it. Well, uh, all I know is I can tell you when I go to a practice, 
And who would I want around me? I don't want to talk about what's outside, but we'll be watching <laughs> a football. There's two people that I like to sit by, and it's Nick Underhill and Jeff Duncan. Okay, and I'm I not blowing smoke, that, and I'm just telling you who I like it because, okay, what happened here or there, and, you know, the, not like uh, talking about, oh, what's happening with your grandkids? And all. No, no, I'm at football practice. Well, I'm, not, I, 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 I'm not talking about what's going on. You got on time for that later, Nick. Yeah, yeah, but that's why, Nick, you know, we used to sit in West Virginia and all that, and, and I'm telling you, I, I, think, I think Jeff Duncan, you know, I, look, I, I've done this now on the radio twenty, almost twenty six years, and who I trust, and uh, you one of those people. Thank you, Nick. No, Appreciate that means it. the world to me, man. That means the world. Thank you, guys. All righty, Nick Underhill from New Orleans Football. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 